Welcome to the Third Growth Option Podcast, where we talk with business leaders and innovators hungry to drive growth that can be faster than internal organic growth and less risky than acquisition. Your moderator is Bernal Dunkerspuler, Chief Sherpa and CEO at Realign, who has led private equity-owned distributors through turnarounds and growth. With battle-proven leaders from all frontiers, we want to provoke thinking about business growth beyond conventional wisdom and binary choices. Hey, I'm Benno here with Mark Haas. And today's topic is you're not the hero. Storytelling for marketers. Uh, Mark, you and I have known each other and worked together several times over the last 10 or 15 years. So uh, welcome to the third growth option podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Benno. It's been great. So Mark, you are one of the best creative directors that I know. You have a BFA, a Bachelor in Fine Arts. You are an artist in many different uh, media, drawing, sculpture, storytelling, video. You're an entrepreneur who designed and brought to retail stores several very cool products. Uh, and you're now VP of Marketing and Design at the Rebel Pilgrim Creative Agency, maybe soon to be renamed or maybe not yet. Or <laughs> Definitely soon to be renamed, but we haven't announced it yet. Okay, so the Rebel Pilgrim Creative Agency. So let's jump in. Storytelling and you're not the hero. Talk about storytelling itself, especially in a marketing context. And then, you know, if we have time, I'd also love to just ask some questions about how you sort of embraced this storytelling concept in, in, in your heart. But let's start with this Joseph Campbell author of Hero with a Thousand Faces, a book that had a deep impact on you? Yeah. So many, many years ago when we had a lot of bookstores, I would go into bookstores and look at all the type of illustration books I could get a hold of. And I found this book and it was uh, this book that was sort of, it wasn't a hero with a thousand faces, but it was a book that was based off of that. And it took every movie and it broke it down into this kind of format. So how the hero's journey goes is that Joseph Campbell, he was a mythologist, right? He died in 1987, but he profoundly affected film, especially in the 70s with Star Wars. And he had looked at all different kinds of cultures, all different kinds of stories, since kind of anything that's been recorded. And he saw that there was this pattern. And the pattern is there's a hero that goes on a journey looking for a treasure. In the way of getting that treasure is a dragon. And then along comes a mentor helps you put a sword in your hand and then helps you defeat the dragon, get the treasure, right? And that's very, very basic. Like we've, we here at Rebel Pilgrim, we've kind of broken down into like five different stages, but for Joseph Campbell, it's like 17 different stages, right? And his book is a very hard read, but it's wonderful. If you've ever seen, and I know you mentioned uh, Bill Moyer's documentary on him, Power of Myth, that's probably the best thing to, to watch and you'll get almost everything you'll get out of the book. So just Google Bill Moyers, uh, Joseph Campbell for our listeners. Google those two names and you'll get to that podcast. Yeah, and you'll get you'll get to that podcast. So a large part of his work is like built on uh, Carl Jung, right? So like there's the symbols and the archetypes and it's all the stuff that's sort of in our subconscious that speaks to us in our dreams, right? Even our dreams, we're telling ourselves stories. So we kind of live and breathe stories all the time. We've lived and breathed stories ever since the beginning of man. And we've been around, you know, in a circle, around a fire, 
telling each other stories, right? Though sometimes I think in business, we've lost a little bit of that. It's shifted. We've PowerPointed it. (laughs) (laughs) We PowerPointed, right. And I feel like PowerPoint has gotten a bad rap, right? PowerPoint, it's a tool and you can make some really bad things very easily. But I do think like it's a crutch that a lot of people use and they can be very painful, but it's really not PowerPoint's fault. It's more of a uh, fault of user error. <laughs> yes, it's user error. It's it's we forgot to tell a story like we would tell at recess to each other. We're just we think we have to tell it in a different way with stats, and, and then everybody gets bored, and then no one engages. Right. So the hero's journey really is at the crux of you know. There's really two kind of forms of story you can tell. There's the hero's journey, the hero that goes on a journey, and then there's the stranger that comes to town. So. Hollywood has used all this. They use it as this sort of, it's a three act structure. It's what we're, it's what we respond well to, right? There's a beginning, middle and an end. And in the hero's journey, you're going from the ordinary world to the extraordinary world and then back again. So it's just a full circle. So Benno, you originally were born and raised in Germany, right? Oh boy, you tur- you're turning tables on me. I love it. I'm going to turn <laughs> the tables on you. So when did you, when did you leave Germany for the United States? When I was 16. 16. Okay. So you were 16. And then when was the first time you went back? When I was 20-ish. 20, yeah. 20, okay, that's, that's a pretty good range because you're 13, you're a teenager, 20, becoming a man, right? So when you came back, what did it feel like? Like how had, how had it changed? When I went back to my hometown in Germany as a 20 year old, it felt smaller. It just felt like I was sort of entering this little model train station of a town where I was sort of Gulliver. Nice. And what's interesting about that and all these stories, the hero is the one that goes through the most transformation, right? So before the, you, you know, you might, it, a lot of times it's shedding, you're sort of shedding yourself and you're becoming a, a, a person that's a little bit bigger, deeper, richer. So, what happened is most likely the town that you went back to didn't change that much, but you did. Your whole world just changed, right? So that's sort of the problem with the hero's journey is that when you come back, you're changed so much. It's all, it's almost hard to live in that area anymore. You've just seen the world at that point, right? So hero's journey for us is just the, the core of storytelling. And as human beings, we're telling stories all the time. What we found is that in business, sometimes we forget that and, you know, we stopped a little bit of telling stories and we, we like to tell, you know, stats. Right. Stats and data and just give me the facts. Stats and data. Right. So you talk about the story structure, the hero goes on a journey, meets a dragon, there's a sword. How does that story structure help you look at a company's product or service? Well, when we're doing a story dive, a lot of times we take our clients through a story dive. It's for us to get to know them, but it's a, it's really for us to get to the core of what matters. So we look at their mission, we look at their branding, we look at, and then we look at their hero persona. So you would say, who are the buyer personas, right? We would call them hero personas. And we look at your hero, you know, just like Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker was a hero. He, his treasure was to go find a family. In between that, his dad got in the way as the villain. And then along comes a mentor, Obi-Wan, puts a sword in his hand. So how that relates to marketing, because you're like, how does this storytelling relate to what I can use for my business? Let's take uh, Laura. Laura's young. She's tech-savvy. She's intelligent. And her treasure in life is work-life balance, right? 
She, she'll play hard, but she wants to work hard as well. And what gets in the middle of that, the dragon that gets in way of the treasure is that there just seems like there's not enough time in the day. So then along comes a mentor like Amazon and places, you know, online retailer that lets you, you know, do a one quick click buy or gives you the echo. And it's kind of the sword in your hands that makes you the hero. And what we've said at Rebel is that most of people that are out there, most of the companies that are out there, they'll talk about themselves as the hero. In reality, you're not the hero, you're the mentor. You should be ahead of your clients, your customers, and lead them on the journey to the special world. A good explanation of this is if you've seen a uh, Amazon commercial, there's a guy, he's cooking, and you don't know exactly who he's cooking it for, and he burns it. So then he asks Alexa, order a pizza, right? So Alexa is the sword or the mentor is, you know, Amazon. It helps the hero save the day as opposed to just a glory shot of the Echo with a whole list of just all the benefits you get. So that's a great example, right? Amazon selling Alexa as the tool, as the sword for the customer that is buying Alexa, right? The customer is having a problem. That's the dragon burning the pizza. That's the dragon, right? And Alexa helps the guy save the day by calling for pizza delivery. Exactly. So I think when we're looking at our clients, we're asking them to step into the shoes of the hero persona. So if you're, a lot of times, you know, you'll talk about buyer persona and buyer persona is great. That's what exactly what we're talking about. But when you say hero, it changes everything, right? So if they're your hero, you're going to do a lot more for them than you would if they're just a buyer, if they're just purchasing your services. So that shift in a hero then means as a mentor, being a hero at one point in time, how do you put the sword in their hand? How do you get that thing that slays the dragon for them? And what we found is that externally it works really well, especially in marketing, but internally it works really well as well because once people have this common language, right? You talk about the hero, the mentor, the sword, the dragon, and the treasure. If someone brings up a dragon, which happens all the time, Benno, you and I used to work together. That's right. You know, <laughs> they were you had a lot of people bring up dragons. <laughs> yes. Benno, this dragon or this thing, you know, and then, but if you, if you know the lexicon, then you know that for every dragon, there's a sword, right? And then as a leader, what, how do you as the mentor, help them find the sword, give them the map, but you're not killing the dragon for them, right? So internally, there's a narrative there too for leaders. So it's, it, it works at a lot of different levels. It even works naturally in your life, right? You're, you're young, you go into the extraordinary world, you face all these different kinds of challenges, and then everything kind of comes back full circle. Okay, so I totally got the story structure and I got the importance of sort of changing the perspective instead of making the product or service the hero and just talking about features and benefits, you make the customer the hero and the product or service is just a tool to help the hero slay the dragon, right? Was there a point in your life? So so now I'm going to sort of move to that personal place where you're embracing this idea of storytelling because you finished your education with a bachelor of fine arts you you know pursued artistic pursuits in a, in the commercial product design arena was there some crisis moment or some you know self-inflicted wound where you said you know what this storytelling thing and sort of flipping the script 
right? From the product being the hero to the customer being the hero. Was there a time in your life, a crisis moment or a self-inflicted wound that made you say, wow, this is it. This flipped script, that's so powerful. Yeah, I think early on in my 20s, and this was before you had come to New Creative, developing product was just a little bit different than illustrating, right? So you illustrate a book and you take them through a story and then you get to the product and I'm trying to evaluate, did the product do what it you know needed to do? So we would get sales reports, right? And they were really good about bringing them to the designers so you could see what did you do that did well and then what was a dog, and I always like, you know, you rush to see what did well. And then you look and you go, Oh, that was, that did really bad. Right. So, and there's a lot of t- different reasons why something could be bad, but you do kind of want to say, like, did I miss the mark? And I think a lot of times where I missed the mark was I was designing for myself. Right. I thought that was cool. I thought that little thing was neat. And then it did turn out not to be. So early on, I figured out if I looked at my aunt or my mother in law and I said, if I designed for them, I think I'm going to hit the mark time and time again in my mind, especially if I'm going to do like an emotional product or I'm going to do some home decor product. If I think through them and their eyes and what they would like, I'm like 90% there. And if I, if I think it's really cool and I think it's like, you know, this high design and all this other stuff, a lot of times I end up missing the mark because it's not really myself who's buying the product. And I think that's helped me too, because at first you would hear from salespeople and salespeople would give you some feedback And the salespeople were just talking to the retailer. They were just echoing what they had heard. And I would maybe take it personally, right? I would take it personally that someone was not happy with my design. What I didn't realize is that it just wasn't appropriate for that hero. And I needed to make sure that I was designing for them and not me. Interesting. And that's this idea that we're in business. We're just here to solve other people's problems, right? our customers' problems, or or as a leader, we're here to solve our our team's problems. It's just like as there are some leaders who shall remain unnamed on this podcast who think they're the hero, right? <laughs> we're not going to get political, but there are some people. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it seems to me that your embrace of storytelling and making somebody else the hero, not the product, not yourself, really formed you as a leader as well, didn't it? Yes. I read a book, gosh, probably in my 30s. I wish I would have read it in my 20s, but maybe I maybe I wouldn't have taken it all in. Isn't that the truth? For everything that we learned in our 40s, we should have done in our we we wish we had learned 10 years, 20 years earlier. <laughs> right. And and it kind of fits in uh so there's a book called Falling Upward by Father Richard Rohr. And it's about the container that your life is built on. Your parents feed into it, you feed into it, culture feeds into it, right? Some people never get to the second half of life. Some people will continue to stay in the first half of life. But then as you get to your 20s and you start getting to failure, failure really is the only teacher I think that brings you into the second half of life. Once you get to that second half of life, then it's not about you, right? You have to like, you have to look outward. And I think some, a lot of times when you start having children, that starts happening, right? You see your failures, you see what your children are going to do, and it's not about you anymore. So that book was very influential. Uh, I had a number of friends here that I work with, the Rebel Pilgrim, got me onto that book. And that book really kind of changed, flipped that script of 
you know, it's not about you. It's about what you guys can do together. And that's, that's one of the things. It's like, I could stay at home and work on illustration and do children's book, but that's not really the thing that drives me. I found out a long time ago. It's when you get to work on a team. And a lot of times, if I worked on my own project at the end, I'll be satisfied, maybe 90% satisfied, but working on a group project with people who are the best that they can possibly bring you get something that's like beyond what you imagined. And, and that is sort of addictive, right? So Joseph Campbell talks about the bliss in your life that you should pursue. And that for me is like, that's the bliss. It's like working in a group of people who are creative and open-minded and they want the best solution. It just couldn't be better. And the synergy of that, right? Of The sum is more than each of the parts. What was the name of the book again? Falling Up or Failing Up? Yeah, it's falling upward. Falling upward. Yeah. Okay. Falling upward. Excellent. So really, I mean, in the in in the term, it's by falling, you know, and failing. Really, then that's the way you can kind of go up in life, uh, and not from like a success type of point of view. It's just a uh, your life kind of changes. So what's interesting is we've used it even in trying to hire people. You'll find some a lot of young people who will feel like you'll you'll sense their wisdom. And you ask them, just like, how did your childhood go? Maybe how did your teenage years go? And they probably suffered from some really big, I wouldn't say failures, but like a, they've, they've had it rough, right? And they've sort of, at a very early age, realized it wasn't about them. And when you see that wisdom beyond your years, you can probably follow that back to a lot of pain, and they transformed it. So those are the kind of people I love to work with, the people who want really the best for the team and the best for the outcome. And of course, you want to make the best product as, as possible. But yeah, that synergy is everything. Excellent. So what I've learned in this conversation is, you know, you described the hero's journey as being a structure of hero, goes on a journey, meets a dragon, finds a sword. And that structure, you help companies, you help clients in a, in a business and in a marketing sense, you help them tell the story of their product and their service by flipping the script. It's not about the product or the service, but it's about the hero, the customer, and the product and the service is just the sword. And you've embraced that concept of you're not the hero, but the customer is through, I, I think, this book of falling upward that really ties into your embrace of, of storytelling, doesn't it? If folks wanted to reach you and speak, you know, just speak with you one-on-one, -on -one, how can they find you? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to reach out to LinkedIn, Mark Haas, H-A-A-S, or if you want to contact me about my email address, it's mark at rebelpilgrim.com. And more than, more than happy to talk to people over email. So what we do a lot of times with our clients is that we take them on a journey And a lot of times we're making those videos and those documentaries and whatever we can make that's sort of like a visual ex expression of their brand. And a lot of times we're doing a lot more in internal stuff. I would say probably in May we started blowing up because everything went virtual. And I think the pain everyone experienced was that... Blowing up in a good oh, way. Oh, yeah. Right? In a yeah. good way for us. <laughs> in a good way Business for us. Business is booming. Um, Got it. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to seem like opportunistic, like we are preying on, you know, the bad part of uh, companies. But I think it was everyone transitioned to virtual and we were missing the water cooler stories. 
So a lot of what we do as far as experiences now has gone virtual, but we've done all day events. We do experiences. We've actually, we actually do one about the hero's journey and it's called the journey. And we take, uh, we've took like 900 people at once through the journey and did these activities so that they could really experience it. And I think what happens is that when you can tell a better story, you can really kind of like, you write it on people's heart, right? There's that old Native American adage where, you know, if you tell them the facts, they learn. But if you tell them a story, it's written on their hearts forever. And really, story is that best vehicle. When you tell a story, it's much easier to recall than it is whatever facts that you had. So that's our thing is just to yeah, keep telling stories, make sure that you're not the hero. and Really, I think, you know, if there, if you look at this, if there's a dragon, there's a sword, right? And then what part do you need to play in it? And the last just sort of like, um, tip I would give people is that I, I think it's not that easy to sense what someone's treasure is. Like, what do they really want out of life or out of the product or what? But I think it's really easy to see their pain. And I think a lot of times you'll see their pain. In book reviews, you'll see their pain in on the internet. You'll see their pain in social media far more than you see what people's really true treasure is. And I think that's something just to remember of like, sometimes those dragons are very visual, but the treasures aren't. And when you know your hero, I think trying to find their treasure is great, but trying to find that dragon is the best, right? So find that pain, you can give them the game. There you go. All right. Hey, thank you so much, Mark. This was awesome. I appreciate you taking the time to teach me something, teach our listeners something. Yeah, thanks, Ben. This has been really great. As always, anything we do with you, it's great. <laughs> If any of the listeners want to explore growth topics, you can find me on our website, realignforresults.com, or email Benno, B-E-N-N-O, at realignforresults.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time. You can listen to more episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review it. Share it with your friends or colleagues if you enjoyed the content. Always growing.